Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email drjacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. everyone and welcome to USA Global TV and radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network. Today's show is the power of etiquette and manners. We're going to be talking about fashion, style, wardrobe, makeup, everything that is super important for us to embrace and take into our lives and the importance of having our own stylist. So Mr. Philip Sykes, my co-host, he is on holiday today and we have someone from his organization who's been here before. Leanne is a dynamo. I'm thrilled that she's here with us and we also have a special guest. So let's bring them out. My first guest is Leanne milton La Testa. I hope I got that right. <laughs> Almost. Almost right. I'll keep practicing. Thank you so much, Dr. Jacqueline, for having me. And I'm really excited to have Elsa on the show. It's going to be lovely. Um, fashion and styling is very dear to my heart. It's a wonderful subject. And Elsa is absolutely amazing. Yes, she is. She's been here before, and I'm excited to see her again. I know how busy she is and uh, and what a wealth of knowledge she has. So before we bring her out, Leanne, can you give us a little bit of background about how you are aligned with the British School of Excellence? Um, I'm the relationship manager for the organization, so that involves you know, relationships with various people, clients, organizations. And I work really closely with Philip Sykes um, in the background, um, doing some of the marketing, um, some of the sort of product development and so on. So it's, it's a really exciting place to be and very excited to be working with Philip and his team. Wonderful. And how do you know Elsa? Um, Elsa is one of our team members um, for, the, for the British School of Excellence, um, and we do take a, a 360 degree approach to polishing professionals. So it's not only about etiquette and manners and communication, but we look at the total person. So image is very important. Um, it's one of the integral parts of um, the, the teaching that we offer. And I think what Elsa is presenting is really invaluable. I agree with you. Let's bring her out. Joining us, Elsa Butarek. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Nice to see you again. Very happy and grateful to be here today. Thank you so much. It's nice to have you back. And as Leanne was saying, style is so important. And sometimes people just take it for granted. And there's a big meeting coming up and you see someone, they look disheveled. And unfortunately, we, with our eyes, we make a decision as to whether or not we can trust someone or whether or not we want to partner with someone or work with someone. What are your thoughts about this, Elsa? Well, it is the way the world works nowadays. And it's true that um, if you were to take two people with the same knowledge and if those people were to present themselves to a job interview without them having to speak, well, automatically you will give more interest to the person that will actually uh, look the best, who actually would have done an effort on themselves rather than someone who really doesn't care. So... Fashion is sometimes seen as something a little bit superficial for some people. But when you really think about it, fashion has been here since generation. We always use fabric and clothes to express something about ourselves. And so um, fashion is really a tool to communicate. It's actually part of the nonverbal communication. So I always say, um, and I understand those who don't really see fashion as a tool for them in their life, they don't really embrace that as fashionista, so to speak. But I always say try to make a little bit of effort. So um, that's why I teach my clients. Some of my clients, as I said, they're not really into that fashion, but at least they are trying to make that effort to also feel better about themselves 
and they really see the difference even with the relationship that they have with, the, with themselves when they really put effort they feel more confident the way people look at them they get more compliments um, so it does have this effect uh, which is the beauty of, 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 of clothes, the beauty of my work, and uh, it, it does have its own little magic. Yeah, It's actually so important because, you know, they, we often ask how, how long does it take to, to make a first impression? And it's generally between three and six seconds, mm -hmm. which is literally a snapshot when you meet somebody for the first time. And over a Zoom call, they say it's about three seconds. So you've got this tiny window of opportunity to create a, a positive first impression. And it's so important because, you know, if somebody's looking a little bit scruffy or, you know, they're, they're not dressed professionally, you do tend to kind of look at them and sub sometimes judge too quickly. So, you know, absolutely key. Well, you also, you also have to adapt to your environment, which I think it's important. Like, for instance, today... Um, my client was more, the meeting that I had with her, even as a personal stylist, I knew I had to dress a little bit more casual based on what we were doing, who she was, and also where we were. So it's also, I think, important to adapt that to your environment. Being well-dressed doesn't mean to be all the time dressed professionally. You can be casual, even very casual, but still making an effort on how you dress. So adapting to your environment is also very important. For instance, I, I would have, if I would have went, if I would have gone, sorry, to see that client today and been dressed up uh, very professional, my image would not have aligned to that environment that I had with her. So those parts are also very important. And I think that's also why when you build a wardrobe for yourself, you really need to understand your lifestyle and based on your lifestyle, you need to allocate 80% of your spending, meaning your, your cost per wear, um, based on that lifestyle. So, for instance, let's say your lifestyle is 80% casual or business casual. This is what you need to allocate most of your budget and really understand um, where do you position yourself with your style within your, your lifestyle, so to speak. So this is also very important to take into consideration. Oh, absolutely. You know, when we do our polished professional training, we sometimes put up slides to show different types of attire. And, yeah. you know, you've got the smart suit, you know, the very polished look. Then you've got guys that are looking really casual, wearing T-shirts, jeans, sometimes tattoos. You know, and you say, you know, imagine if, if you went into an advertising agency where general pe generally people are very creative and you were dressed in a very, you know, a very sort of formal pinstripe suit, you would look completely out of place. You know, you just wouldn't gel with those people. So, yes, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Many times when people think of fashion, they think of runway. They think of the, the big fashion houses in Paris, and they think, oh, I am not going to spend $3,000 for a suit or yeah. this for a handbag. But fashion is more than that, isn't it? It's more than that. You need to... Um find sorry the big difference between the trend which also it's always pleasant to follow or uh interesting to follow based on the reason you want to follow them but also for me the most important thing is um not the trend itself but also um what are or what is the best signature style based on who you are what you need and your authentic self so Investing in a good handbag, if you can, of course, go for it. But I will always say invest in a design that's it's a little bit more classic and that you can see that will go timeless. So meaning you know that that bag within the next 10 years from now will still have an impact. So you really have those fashion items, I call, which are more trendy items, in-the-moment items. And then you have your staple pieces. So I tend to push my client to invest into staple pieces because I can I know they will see the cost per wear and I know that even in five, six years of ten years from now, they will still carry that bag or they will still wear that suit, for instance. So that's really the way I look at it. Um and then also I also understand 
even I have clients with money, they don't want to spend that money on handbag. They don't see the value. They rather invest that money into something. And I respect that. So when it's like this, then we might go secondhand or we might go to choose another brand, which still has a great design, but doesn't carry such a brand because let's be honest, you're really paying for the marketing at the end of the day. You you do have brands that are very good brands, not as well known, uh, small designer that nobody knows about, and they are very good design. They carry, sorry, very good design. So everybody have the point of view about that. But at the end of the day, I think the design, the fit, and the quality needs to be priority. No, absolutely. And I think it's so important to engage with a stylist because, you know, we waste so much money. You know, often one goes into a shop and you buy something impulsively and you take it home and it doesn't really work for you in terms of color, style, and so on. So you can waste so much money buying the wrong kinds of clothing. It's true. It is true. And I see that, especially when I go to um, audit my client's wardrobe, I see how much clothes they actually never, you know, never used and how much clothes they actually cannot use, even though they like those clothes, because those clothes do not fit their lifestyle, their body shape, not, neither their color. So I just think that hiring a personal stylist will really help you to have a wardrobe that really works for you, but also to really understand how to build a wardrobe for your body shape, for your style, personality, and for your color. And so you will not make the same mistake. And one thing I see very much frequently is that when my client goes shopping by themselves, they tend to focus on one item. They don't see the bigger picture. They don't see, oh, okay, well, if I buy, I'm just saying that pants, well, will that pen go with that shirt, that top, that vest, whatever it is? Well, that pants will create a versatile look that I'm able to wear from day to night, that I'm able to transition easily, that can be worn throughout different seasons. So that's really what a stylist will do for you. So not only you will buy less, but also you will buy better. And you will see the value of your wardrobe because you will use and wear everything. I definitely agree with you. Thank you. A couple of comments that I have. I have some beautiful clothes from the 90s, 1991, 92, 93, very well-known designers. And the material, the quality is just as (laughs) intact and good as it was when I purchased them. And I also am a big fan of vintage and secondhand shops. I've sold a number of things there. I've purchased a number of things. So a question I have for you, this came up on another show, a a woman's show that we have where it's just all women. And we were talking about when we need to change our style and our fashion based on our age. Is that a thing? You You get to be a certain age and you can't wear a mini skirt or you can't wear certain things anymore. What are your thoughts about that? I'll start with Leanne. (laughs) <laughs> I'm an absolute rebel. I, be, I strongly believe that I'm 18, but just a little bit tired. <laughs> but I think, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, you can't be mutton dressed as lamb. You know, there's some things that are not going to look um, appropriate. So I would stay away from that. But, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in creative self-expression. I'm a true total bohemian. Sometimes I'm out shopping and I can feel the inner hippie in me screaming to get out. So I don't think I'm going to to, to be able to contain myself in, in that respect. So, yeah. <laughs> You're true to yourself. I love it. Uh, Elsa, what do you have to say? How, how do you help your clients in this area? Well, I do believe that, yes, you have to say you have to stay true to yourself and also to that image that you need to portray in the environment you want to portray it. But let's be honest, um, I'm 38 now, I'm a mom. I still wear skirt, short, but I will not wear mini, mini skirt now or mini, mini short now because I guess as a mother, I wouldn't like to have that image of she doesn't respect herself, so to speak, even though it's not true, but I know that I might you know um create that image and i guess since i become a mom even though i'm staying very fashionable in my look i've adapted and changed a little bit um and so there's a certain image i don't want to portray and also 
because that's me and that's fine and i'm not judging anybody every you know you do what you want to do what works for you um but i do believe that of course there are things that i used to wear when i was 25 i'm not wearing them now um because as you get older especially for a woman it does look a little bit uh, strange <laughs> so yeah but um some women even when they get uh, older, they look amazing wearing very creative clothes. So it really depends on each individual. And I think it's also about being functional and practical. You know, exactly. I see people wearing these stiletto high heels. And it's just, for me, that just doesn't make sense. It doesn't work for me, you know. So I think you've got to, you've got to be age appropriate and sensible at the same time. Exactly. exactly. Yes, I agree. I have to say, uh, at some points in my career, I've kind of been a rebel because I had a very long corporate career up until 2020. And I would wear my, my red lipstick and I'd have my jewelry. And at times I had long nails that were airbrushed with all kinds of designs. And I got pushback from my employer. And I said, this is me. This is who I am. And, you know, if the clients find it intimidating and some clients did find it intimidating and I ended up going the exact opposite way. And then I wasn't really happy with myself. So I guess there's some middle of the road for us. Well, I have a good example for you. Um, back in the day, 10 years ago, I did some tattoo in New York City. But 10 years ago, I was not the same person. I still have them. And it's true that sometimes I can see in people's eyes when, you know, my tattoo has shown because it's summertime. And I can see there is a slight reaction, which is a little bit weird from what I do represent at first sight. Um, and lately I've been really thinking about removing them because of that, because we change through age, through cycle in our life. We do change. We don't stay the same. Everything changes. It's normal. It's part of life. But yeah, it was just a little. Yeah, and, and I think it does go back also to, to how quickly people judge us. You know, I mean, when I see somebody with a tattoo on the arm, it gives me an uneasy feeling. Um, for me, there's some certain sort of connotations attached. Um, my older daughter actually had a, a tattoo done right across her arm. And, you know, at the time she was quite sort of firm about it and I was a bit concerned. And it has become a problem now because she works on a super yacht mm. and they don't want any tattoos at all. So she's had to undergo many, many laser surgery sessions to try and remove it. And, it, you know, it takes a long time and you can't do the sessions too quickly. So it can present itself as a problem later on. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, just a comment that I have. I have always been someone who was not a tattoo fan. And then during the pandemic, I was watching Netflix, not a paid spokesperson. And there was a show about the art of tattooing. And I actually got completely into it. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I have a different perspective about it now because it really is something that's so personal. I don't have any tattoos, but I look at it now and think, oh, that took 20 hours for someone to have that on their body and it's so personal so it i think it can also be seen as as a piece of art as well so i i guess it's up to the employer and also the individual how people want to express themselves but so leanne uh for the british school of excellence what is the stance or is there one about tattooing um, I think you know, it's, it's about appropriateness. You know, obviously, if you're going into a, a serious business meeting and you've got tattoos up your neck, it does create this, this impression. But, you know, there again, we have to look at, at the relevance and, and the situation. You know, if it's somebody from an artistic background or a creative or so on, you know, we have to accept that. But, you know, in the background, it, it for me, it does make me slightly uneasy. So I think if it, it's very personal. So if, if you want tattoos, I mean, I would say rather have them, you know, done in, in, in places in your body that are quite not quite so noticeable. Thank you. Um, 
Elsa, a question I have for you is, depending on where we are in the world, it's summer here in the United States. I know it's winter in New Zealand and, and I believe Australia. So we're actually getting ready to change to transition to the fall. And people start getting panicked. They start going through their, their closet and they've got all these things that they've never worn. And now the, the change of season. How do you work with your clients? How do you coach people for the change of seasons to, to be able to let go of some things and embrace some new things? Well, there's a rule that I use all the time, which is um, when I go to see my clients, I always work with, I ask them to do a little bit of work before I arrive, uh, because let's face it, this is their wardrobe at first, so I, I can't just step in without them to doing a little bit of digging at first. So the way I work is I ask them, I ask them sorry, to do three different piles. So one is the pile of, this is what I've used. Another one is, I kind of don't know, but I still like those items. And another one is, well, I haven't worn those items in a long time. So. For those they haven't worn in a long time, it's already a no questionable. And most of the time they agree with it. They either give it away, sell it, whatever they want to do with it. But it's it's that pile goes for 99% of the time. Then um, I wear a pile and I kind of don't know. Well, this is where I step in and I help them to create look they haven't thought about. And if I really find out that a lot of those I, in this I don't know pile, there are clothes that do not fit their body shape or their lifestyle, their personality, their color, then those go to, okay, I need to give that away. After I've done all of this, I know what is in the wardrobe, what they can keep, what we can use to work throughout the next season. This is when we I create a list of the item I need to add on to what they have in order to transition to the next season. Thank you. I appreciate that. What would you say, Elsa, your personal style is when you're not meeting with clients? How how are you showing up? Well, like this. I have denim, my shirt, my selling, uh, you know, I still have some embellishment here, you know, and a very simple but still feminine uh, casual T-shirt. I always have a statement earring. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm always, um, very feminine, casual, uh, but with a little bit of edge into it all the time. I always have something that is edgy in my style. I like that. Thank you. A question I have for both of you, you just mentioned feminine. So we all have feminine and masculine energy mm -hmm. and depending on the event or whatever it is we're dressing for, we may want to tap into that masculine energy at some point. You've got a big power meeting coming up with some executives and you still want to be feminine, but at the same time, you're going to bring in some masculine energy. What can we do to, to give that, in, that vibe? Um, I spent many years working in corporate um, private health care. And, you know, a lot of the time it was, you know, very professional, very medical, um, and so on. So smart suits with a smart um, shirt with a little accessory, you know, a, a nice necklace or a, a tie, you know, one of those lovely neckties and so on, just to, to, to soften it. Um, so I think that's, that's quite a useful, and maybe some lovely earrings or a hair accessory, you know, just to take the edge off, you know, there's, you know, you want to be professional, but not um, unfeminine in a, in a sense. I think that this aspect is very funny you're talking about that because it goes beyond just styling nowadays. Um, you know, as women, we have to carry so many hats and our energy are shifting from that hat to another. So, for instance, when I have to be a mom, I'm going back to that very much feminine, nourishing energy with my daughter. And then I have to carry the hat of, hustler and entrepreneur and then i'm like okay going back to my masculine energy and because and i don't want to be personal here but because i'm raising those of you you know my story and i'm raising my daughter by myself so i have those two energy male and female all the time here but i still want to be represented very much feminine as you said but i want those people to, i want the outside world to also respect me 
as an entrepreneur. Um, and especially when it comes to being a personal stylist, because sometimes you do have to convince people that what you do is just not fashion, it's a real job. <laughs> so you have to carry that authority. And I, I really think that I really respect women in general for that, because the way we are capable to, to shift from masculine to feminine, it's incredible. Um, we need to be respect, you know, we need to show authority, but we also need to remain woman, which is not always easy to do. And clothes can help for sure, but not just the clothes. It's also a new one work. Great points. I know we're running out of time, Elsa, but I, I do have a question for you. I think this is really important. I interview people all the time from all across the world. And many times I see women showing up and their shoulders are showing and maybe they have uh, tan lines or their face doesn't match their neck. What are your thoughts about this in terms of proper etiquette and also being fashionable and, and being a woman, being sexy? Um, well, one rule that I always have is to be, try to be low key, meaning, um, meaning do not wear nothing, but don't be too busy here. Meaning, okay, just to give an example, I'm wearing those hoop. Those hoop are already doing the job as accessories. If I were, if I were to have like a big chuck necklace and chunk bracelet, I'm just giving an example that will be very much messy and if i had some print adding to that that would be like oh wow that's too much so i would say that you can be creative for instance my shirt today is very much more on the creative casual side so are my oops but i'm still keeping that low key right so that's where i want to get like add your creativity because this is also your personality but if you know that you need to have a certain etiquette based on where you need to be, don't go too beyond. Same with the perfume. Don't go too much. Uh, try to stay, um, yeah, try to stay in the middle, middle line, I would say. If it makes sense. Yes. Thank Absolutely. You. And I think it's important to do a little bit of research when you're going to a meeting, to a venue, to, a, to an event of some sort, to find out what, what the dress code is beforehand, because there can be nothing more embarrassing than being overdressed, well, you know, ex excessively overdressed or underdressed or too casual. You know, at least, you know, if, if as, a, as a man you are dressed with your jacket, shirt and a tie, if you see that you're a little bit overdressed, you can actually take the tie off, you can mm -hmm. unbutton your, your collar and so on. So I think that's quite key. Elsa, I want to ask you something really crazy. Is it my imagination? I find that shopping for women's clothing in shops is generally quite chaotic. There are all these racks and things all over the place, and I start to feel stressed. When you walk into a men's shop, the shirts are all neatly put together, and the trousers are together, and the jackets. Everything seems so orderly and organized. Is that deliberate? Is there some sort of psychology behind that? Well, I don't know about that. I don't think so. I do know that we, we have more choice for women than we do have for men. Well, because women are bigger spender, so obviously they produce more for women than they do produce for men. Uh, that's one thing I know for sure. Then obviously um, it might be sometimes a question of organization in the shop you are going. Some shops are, like I was at Printemps today in Paris. It's a very big mall, but everything was so clear and organized. So yeah. I guess depending on which shop you go to, the staff might be doing a different, you know, the job differently that's also another thing uh, but i agree even me when, when it's too busy at some point it's hard to to focus it's like oh my god it's too noisy around me too much too much choices choices sorry so i do agree with you and it can get distracted sometimes so again you can feel that you can feel that you lost when you get there that's why it's also important to have a stylist with you because this is our job to really, as stylists, we tend to enter a shop floor and we tend to very quickly, even if clothes are on rack, to spot what will work, what doesn't work. 
we will spend way less time than someone who is not a stylist trying to figure out what you know what is working what is not working for you so that's another thing yeah i think you're absolutely right because i mean i sometimes find shopping overwhelming mm -hmm. you kind of overwhelmed with all this kind of choice and then you tend to buy something impulsively you'll you'll kind exactly. of be attracted to a certain fabric color or pattern or something and you take something then which is not necessarily suitable or doesn't fit in with what you've already got in your wardrobe so you end up wasting money it's true and you also have days where i hate going shopping on weekend if, if, oh, if obviously i, I had a client yesterday i had a client today Today we are Friday. It was a little bit busier, but I, I, I try to, if I can avoid to get my client on a one-on-one -on -one session on a, on a weekend, honestly, I avoid it. Absolutely. Because it's just so, it's too much. It's too much. Uh, weekdays, it's always better if you can. I know not, not everyone can, but if you can, it's better. So, and, and some, as I said, some some mall and some store have a better customer experience than other, um, and that's also one thing you want to look at when you go shopping. Exactly. Thank you very much, uh, Elsa. I know that you've got a, another commitment, so yeah, I'd so. love to spotlight you. And if you can share with our audience, especially people who cannot see the banner, they're on the radio or they can't read it. How do people contact you to work with you? Well, they can contact me directly via my website, www.elzabistyling.com, where they can message me directly. They, have, will you, they will find my numbers directly there. They can contact me by, they can call me or WhatsApp me. They also have a link to my Instagram on my website. And then my email, elsa at elzabistyling.com. And I work online with my clients and also work one-on-one. So you can work with people all over the world? I can, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Brilliant. Well, thank you for taking the time to be with us today and for sharing well, your expertise you and knowledge. Thank you so much. I see thank you soon. Thank you so much, Elsa. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank, thank you so much, Leanne, for bringing her here. Uh, the one question that I want to just follow up with, and, and you can speak to this, is how much skin should a woman show so is it okay to have you know you go to a business meeting you're wearing spaghetti straps or you're wearing a strapless top or what are your thoughts about that um you know in a professional environment i would generally stay away from exposing too much skin you know um short uh, uh, very short skirts or completely exposed necklines could be a little bit inappropriate you know, I think we need to reserve those for, for going out, for social events and so on. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, what about also, I had, had asked this to Elsa, but so we wear makeup and then our face is one color, our neck and our, our this area is a different color. Is there any etiquette and manners about that? Um, I think it's so important to, to blend it, you know, otherwise you can look a little bit odd, you know, and people, as I said, you know, you've got this first impression and if, if your makeup is looking a little bit odd, people are going to look at you and judge you and, you know, wonder if everything's okay. So certainly, you know, to match the tone and, and to make sure that you get some professional advice on makeup, you know, there are people at the makeup counters that are very helpful and that will help you choose the right shades and show you how to blend and so on. So absolutely you know i think that's really important thank you and we had some individuals on our show uh, they special in fillers botox and fillers and so and i've been someone who's been getting them for years but i haven't had anything in the last year and two months which i i know we can see it but my point is that what i've noticed on women is their face doesn't move. And then they're showing their skin and their skin looks very aged. There's a lot of sun damage. And I think it all has to match or don't show it, right? Absolutely. You know, there are people that overdo the Botox. Apparently it's it's addictive. So people keep on with it. You know, they're, they're never satisfied. They keep filling and tucking and, and, and carrying on to a point where they start to look unnatural. You know, I've met people and... I was absolutely fixated. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. So I think you've got to be age appropriate. You've got to be sensible. I think, you know, Botox and fillers is a 
is great, if it makes you feel more confident, if it makes you feel better about yourself, if it helps you to project a more professional or a more positive image, I'm all for it. But, you know, like you say, I think we've got to be appropriate um, so that we don't look, you know, a little bit odd. <laughs> or else, you know, if, if you've had a lot of Botox, then, then rather cover up the neckline. You know, wear, you know, cl closed um, shirts or neckties or, you know, ties and so on to, to kind of um, to cover it up. Thank you. And what are your thoughts about scarves and uh, brooches? Are they still in vogue? Yes, very much so. You know, I have a huge collection. I, I buy them regularly. People give them to me as gifts. I absolutely love them. So I think there's some wonderful modern styles. Um, you know, there are plenty that you can buy, you know, in, in the shops these days. I think they're lovely. I think they look smart. They look elegant. Um, it's a, it's also a nice way to dress dress yourself up. You know, if you go out somewhere and you have your scarf tucked away in your handbag and you can see that it's, a, you know, quite a um, sort of a, a fancy event, at least you can pop a scarf around your neck and you can sort of, you know, make yourself look a lot uh, smarter. To be honest with you, I sometimes keep a scarf on my desk. So if I'm joining a Zoom call, and I realize that we're in smart company. I'll just quickly pop a scarf on. And very often people will say, oh, you always look so smart. Love your your, your neckties and so on. So I think they're great. I think brooches are wonderful. There's some beautiful new modern designs. You can put them onto scarves to look, you know, to jazz them up a little bit. So, oh, yeah, absolutely all for it. I love them as well. I actually worked part-time, one of my side gigs, I worked at a major retailer and I was in the scarf section and people are, they love scarves, but they don't know how to tie them. They don't know how to wear them. And it's actually, uh, once you get that knowledge and you feel more comfortable, a scarf is great. It really can, can change the whole look of something, dress something up. Absolutely. And, you know, there are quite a few TikTok videos or little short clips made with people showing you how to tie and how to twist. They're absolutely amazing. So whenever I see those, I actually save them and keep them as inspiration. Um, yeah, amazing. You just touched on something you mentioned, TikTok. I'd love to have you come back for another show. We can talk about etiquette and manners when it comes to social media, because I think this is something that's really in desperate need today. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I love what some of the people are doing these days. You know, in the past, etiquette and manners were seen as stuffy, poncy, stiff upper lip and all that sort of thing. And, you know, it's not the case. It really is for everyone. It's as relevant today as it ever was. So, you know, I think some of the things are funny. I love the sense of humor. I quite enjoy some of the ones where they show you the right way to do things, the wrong way to do, do things. And it's made it appealing. You know, the videos are short, you know, 30 seconds, you know, under under one minute in, in most cases. And I think it's educational and fun at the same time. And that's what we really need to get across. Yes, for sure. Thank you so much for being here today. We're going to look at a couple of clips. The first one is about afternoon tea. And I really enjoy this. If there's anything you want to add before we run that. And then also a testimonial. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I think afternoon tea is one of my absolute favorite, favorite things in the world. Um, I love collecting odd things. So one of them is collecting afternoon tea experiences. So I think wherever you are in the world, it's always lovely to pop in and and have, you know, have one of them. Some of them are lighthearted. I've had afternoon tea with cats in Poland um, and so on. I've been to some lovely venues and I think it's just absolutely incredible. And I think we should be doing more of this. I think we should pause. We should take a break in our busy day or busy schedule and go out and just enjoy the quality of, of the experience. Yes, I agree with you. It's interesting, yesterday, on our show, The Wise Ones, our guests and also our co-hosts both are collectors of tea. They they try all kinds of tea. They have afternoon tea. So it, I, I, I didn't even know this. And it's because I ran the clip. So you start finding out that people love tea. And, and the fact that Philip shared that whole history of tea, I think, is brilliant. And I know that's part of the platform that you have there at the British School of Excellence. Absolutely. All right, let's take a look at this and then we'll have a chat. 
absolutely phenomenal. Love it, love it. I love it too. The the tea kettle that has it's see through. It's so beautiful mm -hmm. the way that tea absolutely is displayed. Beautiful, and those little dried flowers that sort of explode in the water are oh, they're just fantastic. I think it's one of the most incredible rituals. I mean, I'm such an addict that I've got a whole collection of books. I've been I have the Ritz book, uh, and I have this one called Scone or Scone, and my, my sort of personal quest in life is to try and perfect the art of the scone. And I'm constantly trying different recipes um, to, to find the best version. And I just think it's absolutely incredible. I do as well. And I want to ask you a question. I asked this to Philip and he gave me his answer, but I'm wondering how do how do people attend a tea like that and eat all that food and still say thin? It's absolutely wicked. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of walking or exercise around it. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, as a special treat, I mean, I think it's it's lovely to do something like that once a week or once a month or, you know, get together with friends. I think it's a lovely way to entertain people at home. And it's fun for children, especially. I mean, I just mm. think of getting getting a group of children together and, and letting them prepare the, the various items, you know, the little sandwiches, a batch of scones. I think it's so creative and it helps them to learn about etiquette in a fun, accessible, hands-on way. I'm thinking that sounds like a great book idea. Yeah. You know, I'm, I grew up, my mother was incredibly passionate about fine crockery. She had the most incredible collection of tea sets, Swedish crystal glasses and so on. So for me, it's, you know, it's been part of my life, all of my life. And I think we need to teach children that, you know, we need to to get away from the sort of modern um, outlook on, on life and bring back the old values because it's such fun. You know, it's, it's a lovely art form, and I think it's it's great for socializing and for teaching them, you know, the the, the joy of of etiquette in a in a really fun way. And you work with people of all ages there at the school, don't you? Absolutely, literally from the age of six years and upwards, from all backgrounds, all all different countries. You know, we are involved with people from. New Zealand, from India, from Pakistan, all over the United States, throughout Europe and so on. And it's wonderful to be involved with, with the different age groups and the different requirements. You know, for children, we have um, a program called Kitty Cat. For teenagers, there are a couple of programs in the Mindset and Resilience um, series. And for adults, we have the Polish Professional. And for those who are looking to, to go out and make this their, their career or their own business, we offer Train the Trainer. So a lot of different um, angles. Um, Philip is also involved with doing private etiquette and private afternoon tea experiences <clears throat> and dining um, etiquette, of course. And we're actually going to take a look at one of the testimonials from one of your graduates. So I'm excited to to look at this. Let's welcome Felicia. My name is Felicia Kay, and I would like to share how the British School of Excellence has enhanced my life and has allowed me to truly impact the lives of my clients in the most positive ways. I am CEO of the Luxury Love Academy, or self-love, self-value and confidence are at the core of our coaching services and training courses. I help professional women and men to value themselves so that they can confidently achieve success in life and in love. Since completing my training with the British School of Excellence, I've been able to teach my clients how to effectively project the three C's in social settings. Confidence, competence, and credibility confidence. My clients are learning to feel comfortable and maintain eye contact in social settings. Confidence. They're learning the importance of asking relevant questions and being active listeners. Credibility. They understand how arriving on time shows great manners and how presenting themselves well can make a nice first impression. Many of my clients are looking for love. So dining etiquette has been essential. 
They're learning to feel more confident when having tea, lunch, or dinner with someone for the first time. Emotional intelligence. My clients are learning to be more aware and manage their emotions in positive ways, which in turn makes it natural for them to treat others with respect and kindness. I would like to thank the British School of Excellence for giving me the tools to serve my current clients and future clients at the highest level so that they can be their absolute best. Oh, absolutely wonderful. Felicia is absolutely amazing. And I think that the, the pleasure for us is to see that different people from different backgrounds um, use the, the training in so many different ways. And I think that's that's the beauty of the train, the trainer course, um, because it's it's in the application and people have the freedom to use it to to their best strength. You know, for example, um, Felicia is a is a, a love therapist and counselor. We have people from all walks of life adapting, you know, the training and and the content, you know, for their own good. So, absolutely phenomenal. I've said this before. the The people you bring to this program to this platform are so professional, so well-rounded and really lead with their heart. So I thank you for sharing this platform with them and, and with us. I really do appreciate you. We are in such a privileged position to have such incredible people. And every group that we bring through the organization, we say, wow, you know, how did, how did we meet? You know, how did we have the pleasure of meeting such in incredible people? And I think that's the, that's really the beauty. And it's, it's just lovely. We stay in contact. We've got more than a hundred alumni on our platform and we build this community. You know, we always say that we don't want people to do the course, receive the certificate and then disappear into the sunset. You know, we're a phone call away. We keep in contact. We offer support. We have ongoing education and webinars where they can continue to learn. And, you know, and, they, you know, we're a phone call away if they, if they just want to pick up the phone and say hello and we just have a chat. You know, that's also fine. We often provide, you know, additional reading or, you know, um, on certain occasions people have asked for more details sort of from an academic point of view. So we put them in contact with, with certain organizations. So it's very special. And, um, yeah, we're, we're indeed very, very privileged. Thank you so much for being here and sharing this time with me. I've learned a lot. And it's always great to see you. And I've mentioned this before, but you are so wonderful in, in working with you, how you assist me in, in, with the guests and assist Philip. I really just honor you and thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Your show is amazing. Thank you. And I know you'll be joining us in another capacity next year. I'm very excited about yes. that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I'd like to spotlight you. And if you can just share with our viewers, our listeners, how people can reach out to you, how they can get engaged, get involved, how they can sign up for courses, that would be wonderful. Yes, absolutely. So you can make contact with me um, by email, leanne at the British School of Excellence.com. Um, we also have a website with all our courses coming up, where there's a booking link and so on. Um, and yeah, just, just pop me a line and, you know, if you like, give me your phone number. We can set up a call. We can arrange a Zoom call and so on. So yes, look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and uh, I look forward to the next show next week. Yes, likewise. Thank you so much. It's been lovely <laughs> being you. here. Thank you, Leanne. Right. Bye for now. All right. Bye-bye. And thank you to each and every one of you who are watching or listening on the live or the replay. Please do reach out. Go over to the British School of Excellence.com. They have many offerings for you. And as Leanne mentioned, it's ageless it's timeless and i think you're going to have a lot of fun as well there's a lot to learn we also offer our course the power of listening 
through the British School of Excellence. And I'd love to have you on my team. If you're not familiar, in addition to being the founder of this platform, I also have another business, which is Dr. Jacqueline LLC, drjacqueline.com. And I teach people how to listen at an elevated level. When you think about manners and etiquette, sometimes we take listening skills for granted, but they're really the most important thing that we have because if we are not listening, we probably are talking and then therefore not giving someone else the space to share what they need to share and therefore missing out on an opportunity to really get to know someone and support someone else's work. So I will just share this with you. I look for my uh, banner. This is what I'm speaking about. It's the power of listening foundational courses. This is an opportunity for you to learn how to listen without judging the other person, without providing a solution, without interrupting, and without stealing the stage. This course takes two hours. Once you complete it, you will be given a seven question quiz. When you attain a 100% accurate answers, you will then get a certificate. And once you have the certificate, you are a member of my team. You are an elevated listener and I will be promoting your work, letting the world know that you are someone they need to meet and work with because you give them a safe space to share and you are not about your ego, you're about your heart. So if you're interested, I'll put up the banner and you can go ahead and start today. As I mentioned, it's two hours, two hours from now, two and a half hours from now, you could be a member of my team. And here's a coupon code for you to use. Go over to Dr. Jacqueline, D-R-J-A-C-A-L-Y-N dot thinkific, T-H-I-N-K, ific.com and you can use the coupon code listen and that is in capital letters all right thank you so much that's all for our show today we will be coming back with additional shows this afternoon if you miss any of our content we do have 28 live broadcasts a week please go over to our youtube channel which is usa global tv and you'll see that all of our shows are divided up into playlists you can find your favorite shows by clicking the bell and be informed of all the shows that we have when we go live. If you'd like to join us and be a guest on any of our shows, please go over to our website, usaglobaltv.com. If you're interested in life, career, or executive coaching, if you're interested in yoga, fitness, or listening skills, please go over to drjacqueline.com. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you this afternoon when we come back with our next show. Bye for now.